Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with host Phil Davis and Liz Heimstra. Love that beat. Hey there, Liz. How you doing this week? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm super excited about today's show. I am super excited as well. This Welcome. Is very Go. important. Yes, this is the most important. She's from Michigan, drops her R's. So just to <laughs> ignore that. <laughs> But welcome to Brilliant Branding, um, where all your bright ideas will be lit up, um, and we hopefully will uh, get you wired so that you excel at what you do. Today, we're so excited about this episode because it's it's our most passionate subject matter. It's discovering your pivot point. And before we begin, I want to let you know, um, introduce myself, Phil Davis, co-host uh, Liz, and Heemstra. Uh, Heemstra. Heemstra. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Hunter Hall, who we have just dubbed Coco. Hello. Yes. She has been promoted from intern this week to Coco president. Exactly. So Coco for short. Coco I'm for so short. Excited. So Coco is on board, and she will be posting some of the social media things. We also want to give a shout out to Tacy Trump, our producer. Big round of applause. Oh yeah, Trey, Tacy, Tacy, Tacy. Yes. Tacy Trump, and exactly. also Aaron Keller. A no relation to Helen. Okay, so do we cover? But we got Tacy, we got Aaron, and also to our newest listeners and family, and that would be Mike McCarran and crew at We, we Do, do Worldwide. Worldwide, creative strategist extraordinaire. Absolutely. All right, so enough of all this silliness, and let's get on to the subject matter at hand, which can and potentially will be life changing to your brand and your brand development. It's discovering your pivot point. And probably one of the key differentiators that you'll find here with the Tungsten team, when we drill down on a brand development assignment, um, we don't just look to change people's superficial identity. We drill down to what we call their pivot point, the bedrock, the foundation of what really differentiates you and your company from others in your space. So last week we left off on a, what is branding. And to recap, we said your brand is isn't it just a logo? It's not a tagline. It's your it's your reputation, it's your story, and it's the sum total of how you look, feel, sound, and act. It's the totality of your organization, just like a person's personality is the uh, totality of, of how people perceive them. And we talked about what is your story. Here's where we left off. Once you're aware that your brand really is your reputation, it's your story, and the position, that little part of the brain that you hold in your customer's mind you come to an important crossroads. And this is where we begin most of our branding assignments. You're at the crossroads, you go, I get it. I've got to own an identity in the mind of my consumer. And the question is, is that identity product-based or service-based, what you do? Or is it attribute or benefit-based? In other words, how you do what you do. And that might sound like a very nuanced question, but it's extremely powerful. And you'll see that during the show today, how that makes such a huge difference. Let's look at some real life examples that I think will drive this point home. We've all heard of some of these famous brands and kind of where their brand 
and the images taken. And let's start with some famous ones we grew up with. Um, and the first one I want to point out that was product identified brand is Radio Shack, um, named after two things that are really hot in the market today, which are Radio. radios. And uh, yes. Everyone needs those. They and need them. Yeah. Second to that is a shack. I mean, that's, that was the best place. To you live. can't buy enough shacks these days. There's a shack shortage that's just going across. Yeah. So um, Radio Shack, having run into this problem again and again, being product-identified branding, because at the time, Radio Shack years ago, for some of you listeners out there that might be older than 30, like myself, uh, you might remember when radios um, were the jam, right? <laughs> I mean, it was where it was happening. Radios and shacks were pretty cool. Love shacks were big yeah. back Summer of love. Um, so Radio Shack was the name to have. But that was a <laughs> that was not a a timeless brand. The Summer of Love came and it went. Um, again, this is way before me. So. Um, <laughs> Way, it's way. not that funny. Yeah. So, um, but if you look at attribute-based brand, who's somebody else that's selling electronics, selling arguably some of the same things, but has a different brand identity? Best Buy. Yes. And Best Buy is based on an attribute, which is affordability. I'm probably going to buy my radio at Best Buy. I'll buy my radio there. Not at Radio Shack, actually. Because I'll get a better price yeah. at Best Buy. Yeah, absolutely. So Best Buy, and we'll talk about, as we talk about Pivot Point, was able to pivot as different commodities came in and out of circulation in their store. And at one point, I remember going into Christmas and buying an electronic piano. You know, I would never buy that at Radio Shack. No. So even though if I played electronic piano, it would probably get on the radio. It would. You're very good. So Radio Shack versus Best Buy. Here's another classic one. Early back in the day, in internet years, this would be 6,000 years ago, there was a company called Books A Million. Um, and Books A Million was going head-to-head with another bookseller online known as Liz. Amazon. Amazon. The two booksellers. So they're going <laughs> And Definitely, yes. Radio Shack tried to rebrand instead of really going back to the basics and, and sanding their image back to bare wood and rebuilding that brand. They just tried to do these fixes. They came out and called themselves the Shack. Yeah. I guess, you know, the better of the two bad words. Right. And spent millions of dollars promoting the Shack. Um, books a million. Became. Bam. Bam. With an exclamation point. As if I'm buying more bam. Which I don't think of bam when I think of books. No. Yeah. Book no. bam. Yeah. No. Not, uh, another literal company just built on on its identity, and I believe, I may be wrong on this, they could be out of business by now, I believe they are, is Lenins and Things. You know, like Lenins and... Refrigerators. Refrigerators. Yes. Things. That's just other thing. things. Yeah, radios. And, you'll see, and radios. Yeah. You'll see it in other names. Insurance companies started off. So, and usually this starts because there was an original idea, a genesis to it that started around a service or a product. So it's natural to think as an entrepreneur, well, this is what I'm selling. I'll brand around what I'm selling. But if you're not careful, you will brand around a product and you'll have your life business will be the same as the product cycle business. So if a product cycles in and out, let's say desktop computers has a product cycle life of 15 years, that's how long your company will last, 15 years. So you want a brand that is timeless and that will go on and on. 
So you saw this years ago. They came out with a company in the insurance space. And at the time, they were insuring cars. So it was called Auto Owners Insurance. Yes. And so now Auto Owners has to work twice as hard to convince people that they sell more than auto insurance. We saw some ads. We've done these in our seminars sometimes where they have to convince you they sell life insurance and Right. There's this beautiful picture of this man coming home and it's his daughter's graduation party. And, you know, it's this sentimental, yes. like, oh, man, and Emotive. you know, buy life insurance because here's your family. And, and don't this you is, care about them? Don't you care about them? And then at the end, it says auto, auto, owners, insurance. auto owners insurance. And it just seems For very broken to me. Life insurance needs. Yes. On the other hand, you have Flo who sells progressive. progressive. So here's an attribute-based name. So an attribute is timeless. Like, who doesn't want something that's progressive? It's not regressive insurance. It's progressive. And they're putting little things and duly, you know, doohickeys in your car now that can measure things and keep right. track and lower your rates. It fits with the brand. It allows them to offer more things. It's a bigger, it's a bigger container. Sometimes yes. I compare it to plants. And when you have these product identified brands, you start off and you're in a one gallon bucket and you get root bound. Right. A, an attribute based brand is it's more expansive and you can continue to be progressive, but it's hard to continue to be just auto owners and more. Mm-hmm. So when you name a name and it's affiliated with a specific product, it becomes commoditized as that product becomes commoditized. So as desktops lose their appeal and more people are making them and you're affiliated with the desktop, your margins go down, you get hit because you're associated with a commodity. If you're identified with a benefit uh, that will help you and continually help you, you usually have greater margins. Uh, An example with our company, if we did just names, we're a naming company, people Mm -hmm. would say, well, there's this other company that can give me names. I've had people say, how many names do you give me? And I don't know. I'm like, well, the goal is to give you a great brand, not to give you names. And they, I had another company said they give me 300 names. I tell them, I've got a dictionary. I can give you 66,000. I'll just <laughs> mail you the book. Right. Right. You know? Yes. Um, so pick one. <laughs> just pick one. There's 66,000 names. If you need a name, yeah, just a dollar a name. Sixty-six thousand dollars. Perfect. So what we strive for at Tungsten is to provide clarity. And one of the ways we provide clarity is through the brand name, through the tagline, through the positioning. So our benefit, Tungsten, the light bulb, the wire insight is to create clarity and not to just create names. Mm-hmm. So product-based names tend to become commoditized. An example of that that we saw was Comp USA, Computers in the United States of America, owned by a Mexican financier, eventually went bankrupt and it was computers in the United States. And so there's an example of something that that kind of went south because there I can remember being in line and there was people with carts full of computers and you were six people deep. Um, but when that fad, you don't want your company to be a fad. Uh, when that kind of went away, people, you, when you think of large screen televisions, do I go to CompUSA for that? I'm not sure. You know, right. You know, so do you they sell, sell TV? Do they sell TV? Should they sell video games? Do they sell MP3 players? Um, who knows? Right. And who will ever know now? Burlington Coat Factory struggled for a long time with the identity of coats and a factory, and now they're just Burlington. 
So before we go uh, any further, let's just jump right into what is a pivot point. The pivot point really is the how and the why of your business. It's the how and the why of your business versus the what and the geographic area. Or the the literal, literal what. what. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The descriptive what. Telling people what they already know just by context. You know, mm -hmm. they go by your restaurant, they probably figure it's a restaurant. Um, if it's in a city, they probably know it's in that city because <laughs> they're driving by in that city. So we, we waste valuable identity space telling people what they know when it really doesn't tell them any more about who we are. The pivot point I compare a lot to basketball because in basketball, you can do what is seemingly wrong. You can go 360 degrees. And to someone looking, you'd go, well, that you're going all different kinds of directions. You're over here, and then you're over here. You seem spastic, but one foot remains in place. Mm -hmm. That one foot that never moves allows that person to move without creating a foul. And in branding, I want you to really think of a pivot point in that analogy. What is the one thing that your foot stays anchored to that no matter what you do, you're true to that one principle? So you revolve. What one thing does your do your products and services revolve around that you will never remove your foot from? That's why Apple was able to do so many different things, but they kept their foot in one place, that innovative spirit, that providing digital lifestyle improvements, uh, cool industrial design, those elements that said, I, now I can jump into a phone, I can do a computer, I can do music, but if we do it the same consistent way and we don't move our foot, but if they did something cheap and horrible and poor design, that would, that would be like traveling in basketball. It would be moving. So um, a real quick example of that, uh, Mercedes-Benz kind of said, well, let's go after the low end of the market and created a C-series. People forever said after that, which Mercedes is it? Is it the good one or is it the cheap one? So we're going to be talking more about this when we come back from the break. Uh, meanwhile, make sure to join us um, in the conversation. We're on Twitter. Coco will be manning Twitter, Facebook. You can join us on LinkedIn, Tungsten Branding. And we have a trivia question before we go to break. What was the previous name of Verizon and what did it stand for? So we look forward to you on the other side of the break and we'll be back for more of Brilliant Branding. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. 
Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more, not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello and welcome back to Brilliant Branding. Here with Phil Davis and with Liz and Coco. <laughs> and uh, we're back on the landline here, so we're having a little bit of quality control issues. So hopefully you can hear us well, and uh, we can get on with discussing the all-important topic of finding your pivot point, and that is the, the key attribute around which your company, products, and services revolve. And the key here is it's not going to be a goods or products. And if it is, your company's going to last as long as that product lifestyle. We're going to get you away from that. Um, and this information is actually saved a few of my clients um, from going out of business because they caught this in time. They didn't build a brand identity that was really nothing but a category. Um, so to almost highlight that, uh, our trivia question just before the break was, what was Verizon before it was Verizon? And for those of you who can remember way back, it was GTE, which stood for General Telephone and Electric Corporation. Very product identified. Yes. So can you imagine saying, um, hey, did you go down and get your new mobile phone from General Telephone and Electric Corporation? I mean, it was just, it was very um, stigmatizing to have that. We've had a couple clients call us because they had this exact issue, the name Telecom companies still had the, the name telephone in their name. Mm-hmm. So Radio Shack, telephone, again, very product identified. Verizon is just more of a, an empty container name. Yes. Look to the future, your horizon. It allowed them to expand and do things besides just landlines. Um, so that's really cool. So the pivot point really centers on three things, your why, what, and how. Your why, what, and how. The heart of the pivot point, the tip of that spear, is your why. 
And this is where you have to ask the hard questions. Um, Henry Ford says, original thought is the hardest work most people will ever do, and that is why so few people will ever engage in it. Original thought is the hardest work most people will ever do, and that's why so few people will engage in it. When you get into your why, it gets murky and it requires effort, but if you could take a look at it, it will save you untold amounts of needless suffering as you develop new products, services, and businesses if you understand the why behind your brand. And it's at the heart. First place to start is why did you get into business? Think back to those early days when you got into business. What was going on that motivated you? And if I think of Steve Jobs in that garage creating a personal computer, if it hadn't been a PC, I think he would have made something else. Yeah. Because he was an inventor. He was just very, he was a passionate person. Passionate. You know, so they were thinking. driven by purpose. How could we change the world? How could we do something different? Yeah. And it would have manifested in something other than a computer. So it really was never that he was a computer guy. Steve Jobs would have been the first to tell you. It was Steve Wozniak was the computer guy. Right. Steve Jobs was more the visionary. Yes. So that's what he was seeing. Typically with entrepreneurs, um, your, your why is driven by passion. So what I want you to do today is really think about reconnecting to that original passion because you might have veered from that. Yes. And you've gotten so deep in the woods with your current list of products and services that your identity is all wrapped in these things and you're struggling like crazy to keep your market share and you just all have tunnel vision because you're all about keeping your share in your category and you're not thinking bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So go back to what that original why. Why did you get in bit? Was it to make money? Was it to be your own boss? Was it out of service to serve other people? Were you looking to be number one to gain recognition? Um, Were you told that you were just good at something? And none of these are inherently wrong answers. The most important thing is, are they honest answers? What got you to do what you did? So I ask people this. Write down why did you get into business, and you can start anywhere. You can just start with, you know, I just wanted to create financial security. I wanted to be a success. I wanted to any of these, make money, be my own boss, have my own independence, and then ask this question until you can no longer answer it. I wanted to be my own boss, so I can what? I wanted to be my own boss, so I can what? And then you'd say, um, have my own hours. Okay, you have your own hours. Imagine you have that now. Liz, you have your own hours. You know what I mean? You can work at 3 in the morning till 5 in the morning, and then you can work at noon till 1, and then now what are you going to do with your life? Oh, well, so you can what? Well, then I'd be able to do this. Okay, you can do that. So now you can what? Ask that question until you can no longer answer it. So I can what? And this is driving down into what is your true motivator? What is it that you're getting at? And the reason I ask that is I used to speak at what was called tech or Vistage. And a lot of them, a large percentage of them were, were men, and they were motivated by money. And when I asked them why, why, they would say, because I want to be financially secure. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, what will you do with that financial security? Well, and then I can be free to have more time. And what would you do with that time? I would spend that time with my family. And then I'd say, so you're working to create financial security in order to gain time to spend time. Well, how much, how's that working for you? How much time are you spending with your family right now? And they'd say, I don't spend any time. 
Yeah. And they're growing up, and they're going to be gone. So it'd be more congruent to go directly for your goal. If your goal is freedom, then go towards freedom. If your goal is to create a life of peace, go for peace. Don't go through all these circuitous routes to get at what you really, really, really want from your business. And that's creating that alignment, that directness, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And what I see in businesses is they're taking all these deviant routes to get to this point, to get to this point, to get back, ironically, sometimes to the place where they started. Mm -hmm. I I was in a meeting one time in in tech while I was speaking, and we're really getting at, you know, and it can save people's lifetime of suffering, Liz. We've heard this story before, and we do our branding seminars. There was a young man in there, and we went around the room, and we shared. He said, why are you in business? And he said, to make X amount of money, to do this, to be number one. And then I said, what would you do by being number one? He would go, well, then I would rule my industry, and what would that do? And then he said, by ruling my industry, I would do this. And he went round and round. And then when he got to about his seventh or eighth, so I can what? You know what the last one was, Liz? What? To make my parents proud of me. To make my parents proud Right. And that whole room grew very, very quiet. Yeah. Because every gentleman in that room could feel the pain of that emotional desire to just keep their parents happy. Then they asked them, some of these men's got tears in their eyes. Yeah. And they said, is this the business that you even want to be in? And he said, no. Right. What, What a gift to find out early what your real motivation is. He was in that motivation to make a change. He might have then gone to his parents and just said to them, do you care if I'm in this? Maybe his parents would have said, no, son, I don't even know why you'd be in this crazy business. Yeah. So it's about creating that congruency. With Find, yourself. Yes. And not with what other people want. Or, or deep down, maybe you're just trying to, you know, show your parents you're not a failure. That's a terrible motivation to go through years of suffering when maybe they're hoping that you do something that you enjoy with your life. So find your true motivation. Then ask yourself, how does that line up with what I am truly doing today? Yeah. Does that line up with what I'm doing? So this is a rabbit hole, Alice in Wonderland. Go down it as far as you can. And to show you a little bit about these things so I can what, we're going to um, have Hunter, okay, Coco, um, put up a piece right now on Twitter and all of them on these quotes that we have from some famous people and what they're so I can what ended up with. Because big brands are really founded on big, on big whys. You know, what is it that's really driving them? Um, Mark Zuckerberg wants to connect the world. Steve Jobs wanted to put a dent, a dent in the universe. That's a big one. So these are people that are motivated very deeply very much on the granite and not on the sand. The Bible talks about not building your house on the sand because just the waves of adversity will come in. It will be washed away. Yeah. The wise man builds his house on the rock. On the rock. So, you know, in the big picture, under the rock is magma. So there's only so far you can go down. But brand should at least be built and, and, and grounded on that. Here's some questions about your, your why. If you could only communicate one thing about your business, one thing and one thing only, what would it be? If your brand could only speak and say one thing, would it communicate a product? Would it communicate a service? 
or would communicate something bigger than that, trustworthiness, um, reliability, um, competence, um, inspiration, innovation, admiration. Do you feel the difference in like, I would, I would want to do business. I love that company. And when you think right. about brands that you love, it's usually around emotions, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's about an emotion which has multiple words, technically. Yeah. Versus a product, which is one word. Yeah. Which is very something, it's a computer. It's a computer. It's a, it's a means to an end. Again, I don't right. want a car because it's 8,000 pounds or whatever, right. and it takes up space in a garage I have to pay for it. Right. When you, you think know. computer, you think you a picture computer. Right. Versus if you say innovation, I mean, what even comes to mind? I mean, I don't even excitement. have a picture. I get, it's I just an emotion of, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's new. Yeah. <laughs> whatever is new is exciting. Yes. So when it comes to really finding your pivot point, and here's where the discipline comes in. Are we good on time? All right. Yes. Aaron's there in the background. Keep us on track, Aaron, because <laughs> um, I'll get carried away. I ask what I call Sophie's Choice questions. And in the movie Sophie's Choice, um, spoiler alert, maybe like <laughs> 20 years old, but if you haven't seen it, I'm just giving you a spoiler alert. She, uh, Meryl Streep was, was given a choice. She had two kids, and the horrible Nazi said, you can keep one of the two or I'm going to take them both away from you. And in an instant, she had to make a choice. If you don't make a choice, the sad thing is you lose both of them. And in today's yeah. relentless consumer market, if you don't tell people what you're about, they're not going to wait around while you tell them the nine things you're about. Absolutely. You need to give them the one thing that you stand for, and you need to stand for one thing in a singular fashion and you need to make that choice. You cannot always offer quality and service at the same time. Sometimes the quality is not there. And because it's not there, you're not going to have the service. I've got to pull that product right now. It's not good. Well, your service is going to get hit. Mm-hmm. And business owners hate this. They want to believe that they can give absolute 100% quality, 100% of the time, 100% of service at the lowest price possible. I call it the overnight discount Rolex store. I mean, there's no such thing. You know what I mean? Right. And if there was, you'd run out of Rolexes, mm-hmm. and your service would be terrible. So when you do too many things, you don't make Sophie's choice, you don't make the decision, you, everything dies. Um, your reputation dies. You try to be all things to all people. You're scattered, diffused. You're forgettable. You're forgettable mm-hmm. Because you don't really excel at any one thing. Right. Yes. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Liz is having an epiphany. I, I, I am. I'm like, I'm will share her epiphany next week. <laughs> I'm thinking, yes. So this is the Venn diagram. We're going to throw up a Venn diagram. And where are we going to put that, Coco? Is that going on, on social on media? Twitters, on the Twitter. It's going everywhere. So picture a Venn diagram, and it's three overlapping circles. And one of them, this is a simplistic view of this Sophie's Choice question. One's quality, one's price, and one's service. Pick a spot in there where you feel your company currently resides. Pick a spot. If you were to throw a dart at it in Atlanta just where you want, where in this Venn diagram would you be sitting? And then after you take a moment to look at this, are we in the quality? Are we in the service? Are we in the price? And they overlap a little bit. I'm going to to probably challenge your thinking by saying wherever you put that, that dot, the further you are to the outside, the better. The yes. more extreme you are. Most people in businesses unwittingly aim for the middle. And when all those colors overlap and you throw it at the middle, you end up with this mushy brown color 
that's forgettable. Yep. You're kind of quality, a little bit service, you're kind of this, you're a little bit of that, you're forgettable. But if you're extremely price-driven or extremely quality-driven or extremely service-driven, you're going to stand out and pivot around that. Service is number one. Quality is number one. Having the best price possible is number one. Everything is going to align, rotate, and revolve around that key point. Um, Some examples, and I know what you're thinking out there. Phil, give me some examples. Okay, I will. Okay, Walmart. Walmart started off and made a pivot point of being American-made. Yeah. And then they couldn't live that anymore. It wasn't going to hold true anymore. It's going to be a brand fracture. So they pivoted. Another pivot point is low prices. Walmart, of all brands, probably could afford to own a few different positions in the market. But they don't try to say they're the selection king you know, or, you know, we have more selection. They say that we're the price leaders, the low price always. Mm-hmm. And they stand out very singularly in your mind as being the price leader. So yeah. nothing wrong with that. Kmart. Yeah. They're competitor. So what do they stand for, Liz? I think they wanted to stand for low prices as well. But what did they do? Did they do a Sophie's Choice? No. No, they did not. They, they wanted could... both the kids to live. Exactly. They wanted to bring about this idea that they were cool, edgy, and they had these quality items, and yet... they And blue light specials. And blue light specials. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a blue light on lane four, blue light on lane four. By the way, we have Martha Stewart quality products. Yes. Jacqueline Smith. So they were trying to serve two masters. We're going to be high-end. We're going to be quality. We're going to be blue light. Yes. And I think... My, yes, yes. So we've got to just keep in mind that we can't always do that. So remember, pick a, pick a spot, pick a point that you can own, make it your central focus, and everything can revolve around it. We're going to take another break, and we'll catch you on the other side of the break, and we're going to get into what business are you really in, and it might not be the one you think. Yep. So listen in. Make sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any way you can, and link up with us, and we'll continue to bring you bright insights that will help you move your business forward in ways that will keep you safe, timeless, and memorable. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your brand is your story, and getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation.
creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Brilliant Branding here with uh, Phil Davis and with uh, Liz and Coco, our team here at Tungsten. It's Hunter Hall, but she's our Coco president. I like Coco. She likes Coco. So we're, uh, we're going to cover a lot in the next 14 minutes. So we're going to be drinking from a fire hydrant. Uh, hope you have your branding caps on. And we're going to pick up where we left off on finding your pivot point, that gooey jelly center of that donut. When you bite in, you go, yes, that's the jelly filling of my business. And it's not your product or your service. It's how you deliver that product or service because I believe the statistic is 40% of your business revenue will be coming from an entirely new source in the next five years. And I want you to really digest that. About 40 to 50% of your business revenue will be coming on average from a different revenue stream in four to five years. Are you ready for that? Because if you've positioned your company around your existing product line, and that's what people think. We have a company come to us called PC Info, PC Net, and they connected using cables, right? And it was just clicking cables in the back of computers. And they were trying to do, what, data encryption now, data storage, the cloud. And they were stuck with this antiquated PC, you know, <laughs> using Ethernet c- cables. To connect, which is where they started in the 90s. And that identity had really held them back. Mm-hmm. And, and so they rebranded, and they are just way different today. That's Core Server, right? Yes. Yes. Correct. So, yes. So, Core, Serva. Servers, yes. Service. Yes. You know, kind of a timeless name. Absolutely. We're going to real quick move through this because we got a lot to cover um, for you to get the full benefit of this week's program. Right. We're going to talk about the what, the who, what, and the how. The what is what business are you really in? Why, what, and how. The why, what, and how. Thank you, Liz. Absolutely. Why, what, and how. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. That's why she's here. <laughs> so we talked about the why, your heartstrings. Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you put your shoes on? What gets you excited? Let's get back to that. You want to put a dent in the universe. You want to connect the world. You're going to do it today through Facebook, tomorrow through Instagram, the next day through WhatsApp. Who knows after that? It might be, uh, you know, glasses that he uses. But right. the tools that Mark Zuckerberg is going to use to connect mm-hmm. the world will evolve. In Ten years, it might not be Facebook. It might be another way to connect the world. But by honing in on that desire to connect is way different than how can we build Facebook so it never loses any members. And let's trick out. You know, most people, it's diminishing returns. They ride that product cycle down and they try to just squeeze that thing until there's nothing left of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to stay attribute-based. The railroads, the richest business, the richest industry in the mid-1800s, just in today's economy, 
worth billions of dollars really believed that they were in the railroad business, and they did not realize that they were really in the transportation or mobility business. So these two guys are in, like Steve Jobs, there's something about garages. Maybe shacks are better than we think. Oh, my gosh. Radio Shack could be onto something. Two guys in a shack. Maybe it should have been Radio Garage. Radio Garage. That would have been better. So look what came out of garages. The Wright Brothers and, you know, Ford and his team, all these people were in the garage tinkering with things. And I bet at the time that these people in the railroad industry had a hearty laugh. (laughs) These people cannot touch us. We are the railroads. (laughs) Everyone knows it's about railroads. And it always will be. And it always will be. People will go from point A to point B and be way out of their way because the train can't turn very much. So, and it, this is what typical businesses do. Rather than realize that, oh my gosh, we're not in this business we think we are, they double down. So what do they do? They build more spurs. It's very expensive. They add more track. They start saying, well, let's improve the customer. Let's build Pullman cars. And for those that know that name, Pullman was a very high-end deluxe car. Mm-hmm. So, no, I can't get where I want to get in a car, which would be really easy. You right. know? So rather than just say, well, man, I'll just go in a car, they thought we'll entice them to have a better railroad experience. It'll be slow and cumbersome and expensive, but it'll be nice. Eventually, railroads had to be subsidized by the government. So imagine that you fall so much out of favor. It'd be like Google in 50 years having to be paid by the government. Like we're paying Google because they're losing money mm-hmm. to get people to search. They're right. just not searching anymore. <laughs> We've got to pay people. Let's incentivize right. them. You know, Apple is a great example of what business are you really in. If they really were in the computer business and it stayed there, let's talk about um, kind of a blue ocean strategy. They would have been, to this day, in a lake. Yeah. And that lake would be PCs. We're not picking on PCs today, but it's a good example. And what were the likes of the competitors to early Apple? They were Packard Bell, compact computers, with a Q, by the way. Because mm-hmm. um, that was, well, it's really cool. Let's talk about Radio Shack again. <laughs> the Tandy, the Tandy, Color Computer 2, my first one. Coco, Color Computer. The Tandy, um, Packard Bell, all the likes of those Gateway. Now, If in a perfect world back then they could have owned that space, they would have been considered extremely successful. Imagine today if Apple had succeeded as a computer company and just wiped all of them out. What would they be valued at compared to what they are valued at today and this bigger ocean of opportunity that they're in? Yes. They're in the entire telecom industry. They're in the entire music industry. They're in the cloud industry. And they got there by not following the path of a product, which is computer. They followed the path of innovation. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go put up another graphic that just explains what that looks like. And if you follow that trajectory out, and it's a difference of degrees. So early on, it might have been a 10-degree difference. You know, we're going to march slightly to a different drum. But in the end, it took them to a much bigger hunting ground. Right. With, you know, with, with mastodons out here you know, instead of field mice, you know. So when they won, they won big. Today, Apple is one of the largest capitalized firms in all of the world. Their market capitalization is approaching a trillion dollars. You know, that's that's like more than a lot of countries' GDP. So that's pretty cool stuff. So what business are you in? 
So here's a quick exercise. Go ahead and do a list and say, what business are you really in? What business are you really in? Are you a railroad? Are you in the transportation industry? And every business out there, yours included, is going to be in multiple businesses. For example, Tungsten is in the business of naming a company. We're in the business of finding a domain name. We're in the business of creating logos. And we are in visual identity. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you look deeper, you could say we're also in the clarity business. So we're in a business of helping owners gain insight into clarity into what they're doing and what they're on task to do. Um, our, our overarching mission is to create environments where people and companies thrive. And we do that through clarity. Getting your story straight. Getting your story straight, creating clear, coherent, compelling brand images. So list five to seven And then when you list these five to seven businesses that you're in, some companies that say we do this, but we're also in logistics is a typical one. We sell this good, but we deliver it. So we not only sell this product, but we deliver it. So maybe you're in the logistics business. Maybe part of it is you use IT. So are you an IT provider? Are you in the logistics business? Or are you actually that that one product? Write that down and then ask yourself, what would you act like if you change roles, go through it mentally and say, well, if we acted like a logistics company, what would our priorities be? If we acted like we were more of an IT platform company and we invested more in the IT, what would we be? Um, and go through these roles until you begin to see that kind of aha moment where you go, man, if we acted like we're a clarity company like Tungsten, we would put on a clarity conference, which is what we're starting to do. Exactly. A brand clarity conference we would start offering tools and things to bring more and more insight into companies. So how would your business act and what would you do if you switched out these priorities? What business are you really in and how would you act differently if that was the center of your business, if innovation was at the center instead of computers, if clarity was at the center of your business versus finding names in a dictionary? And you'll find that it will have a profound effect effect on the future direction of your business if you think along those lines. So third is how do you do business differently? Um, Do you know why your customers come to you? And every company does things in a slightly different fashion. So what is your secret recipe? If you think about a recipe, it has ingredients and it has a proportionality to those ingredients. Both. Right? The colonel, God rest his soul, um, had a recipe, and it was 11 what? Herbs and spices. They weren't just herbs and spices, Liz. They were secret Secret. herbs and spices. You'll never be able to Google them. No. No one will ever know. Like salt, pepper, (laughs) other secret ingredients unavailable to anybody else. Yes. But the point being, the colonel had a specific recipe. Everybody had fried chicken, but nobody had the colonel's chicken Mm -hmm. because he delivered it in a special and unique way. So what are your ingredients? What are the things you do? Part of our ingredients is clarity. Um, Part of it is that we just really deeply care about our customers. Part of it is that we customize every assignment to fit the need. We don't create boilerplate, you know, we know better than you. That's just the way we do it different. No right or wrong, but that's part of our formula. 
So it's both a combination of finding these and then just as important as identifying what are your ingredients is prioritizing them. If you went to Taco Bell... Not even more important. Right up there. If you don't create priority, it's Sophie's Choice again. Yes. You'll get a mishmash. Like you you have 11 and now you're trying to... Yeah, it's all salt. You know what I mean? Number one ingredient. (laughs) One week it's all salt and the next week it's all pepper, you know? (laughs) So never know what you're going to get. Grab bag. It goes back to branding is consistency. Absolutely. So it's, it's finding that formula. And one way to look for that is what are you doing and how are you acting when you are at your best with your best customer? When you are at your best with your best customer. Okay. Okay. So think about that. When you are doing your best favorite I love it job with your best I love you customer, that customer that says, I'll eat you up, I love you so. The one that when you're done with the assignment, they want to know, is there anything else you offer? Mm-hmm. Please tell me. Write that down. What, what, what's going on when that transaction happens? And you'll find that you get probably 80% of your revenue from 20% of your clients who just love, love, love you. And we need to focus in on those 20 by finding out what are we doing with those, with those 20%. So that's creating your brand recipe. It's finding your pivot point, finding those ingredients, prioritizing those ingredients, writing them down. There's power in writing this down and say, this is what we're about, and it's in this order, and you'll do it. So to recap today, the pivot point is the point around which all your goods and services revolve. In our case, everything we do revolves around bringing insight and clarity to our clients, so they have a better understanding of what it is they do and what they're on task to do that creates an environment where their people can thrive. A lot of times when we create the clarity, we don't provide the answer. They see it for themselves. Oh, we're not about this. We're about this. Oh, my goodness. Aha, the light bulb goes off. And there's the proverbial tungsten. Um, It's based on your why, what, and how, and you distill it down to its essence. Mm-hmm. Work on this until it becomes maple syrup. Work on this until you can just say very easily, we create environments where people thrive. We're all about creating clarity and insight. Get that down to where that stump speech is more than just a stump speech. It is the essence of what you do. And then ask yourself these questions. How would you conduct your business differently if this pivot point was now your main focus? So go back in time and somebody says, yeah, I think we should quit worrying about the competition and all trying to keep up with the other computer companies. Let's make innovation our driver. If 3M had not done this, they would still be in Minnesota mining and manufacturing things, Mm -hmm. right? We can't go to Michigan. We're Minnesota mining and manufacturing. Uh, Yeah, that would be be a stretch. What, (laughs) What goods, products, and services would you offer if you base your business on this new pivot point, maybe there's something you go, I just feel like we should do this, but you don't. Because you go, you know, we can't do that because we're not, that's not what our company name is. We can't do that because we're Radio Shack. Right. We can only sell radios. Right. And what goods, products, and services would you now maybe eliminate and say, you know what? We're really good at this. When we're doing our best with our best customer, this is how we get known. Right. And this doesn't fit what we do. Right. So if you're a listener and you've been uh, wanting to hear this, you listen at a future date and you want to find out more about this, 
I would just encourage you to go to Tungsten Branding and read an article on finding your brand's true purpose. That is not up yet, but it will be by the time you've listened to this. If you're listening live, we don't have that up yet, but it will be um, posted here later in the next day. Finding your brand's true purpose. And we'll recap this. We'll put these visuals back up. You can see these exercises that we took you through today, and you can take this through. You can go through this with your staff. Make this a little workshop that you can do to bring clarity to your business. We're going to be talking about brand clarity here for the next weeks and months, but today's show is very pivotal. It's the foundation and the bedrock. It's the cornerstone upon which you build your brand, and that is finding that pivot point, that central point of focus around which everything you do revolves. And by doing that, you're not going to find your company in a cul-de-sac. You're not going to find yourself dead-ended, and when that product cycle runs out, you run out, your business runs out. Well, we've really enjoyed this week. We That's a lot to digest lot. in one hour. Yes. So spend this week kind of unpacking that. If you have any questions, please reach out to us, info at tungstenbranding.com, yes. or join us on? On Twitter. Facebook, Twitter. Facebook, Twitter. We have an Instagram. Yes. Yeah. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Leave us so. questions, comments. Yeah, suggestions, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week as we continue our journey down the path of brilliant branding and how to make your company shine. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and on behalf of myself and Liz and our new co-co-president, Hunter Hall, (laughs) we want to thank you and uh, look forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heimstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant. Brilliant.